you wouldn't mind gathering into the center section, thank you. If it's impossible, I understand. But I thank you for trying to make it possible. I'll be reading from the book of Galatians, chapter 2 and verse 9. I'll be starting in verse 9. Galatians 2 and 9. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forwarded to do. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. Sounds like they're having church, don't it? Amen. We've already prayed. You may be seated. Can you hear me fine? Is the sound system okay? Because it sounds to me like I'm in a very small barrel. Um, went, to, went to the doctor again. They're still working on my ears. And she informed me that when you have an infection in your ears, that it takes a while for the eardrums to recover. So anyway, doesn't recover. I may have to start wearing a hearing aid, big old earmuffs or something, what, whatever. I want, I want to be able to hear what you're saying. <clears throat> How many of you remember me mentioning Sunday, um, not when to talk about the fishing trip, we weren't caught and catching any fish, but we were talking about everything else. And I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned a woman who holds the world's record for having the most children. How many of you heard that Sunday? If some of you ladies are here and you have that sort of expectation, you may want to try to match this record right here. She had 44 children by the time she was 36 years old. Well, you say, how did that happen? Oh, I'm glad you asked because that's what I was wanting to tell you. Her name is Miriam Nabatanzi. She lives in Uganda. And here is kind of how it went. After her first set of twins were born, Mrs. Nebatanzi went to a doctor who told her about her situation, and he advised her that birth control, like pills, might cause health problems. Hey, you know what will cause health problems? 44 kids. That caused health problems. It doesn't kill you and make you crazy. I love our children. I love your children. But not 44 of them at one time. In the area of the world they live there, they have a lot of they have a lot of children. But it still averages out to less to about six children. It says five point six, but I I don't see any point children. So five or six.
wow, my computer skills are so great that I cut off. Oh, no, here it is. Here it is. I thought I cut off all the statistics. Just got a picture of her. I don't want a picture of her. She gave birth to twins a year after she was married. Five more sets of twins followed, along with four sets of triplets, five sets of quadruplets. Is that four at a time? That's 20 right there. And she's had a sad life. They all live in four small houses. And she says that it's really been hard because their husband left. I, that's a lot of kids. I'm not saying I would have left, but that's a lot of kids. And she even said he had some more kids before he married her. That's too many kids. Folks, that's too many kids. Okay. Anyway, I have, I want to tell you something tonight, and um, I, re I read this. I read this from an old, old article. How many of your dads ever told you jokes? Dads ever told you jokes? How many of them were good jokes? No, they weren't. Dad jokes are the worst. They're the worst jokes because we still think we're funny, and the world has changed. We're not funny. Brother, Brother Blackie. Sister Grant told me Brother Blackie's doing good. Had a good day yesterday. Perked up a little bit. Everybody coming in. We saw him Sunday. He, he was not doing, he's not looking good. But he's done perked up. She said everybody comes in there. He's been singing to them. Is that what you told me? Okay, because I don't hear it. So he's been singing to them. Well, I already know what he's singing. He's singing the same corny old songs he's been singing for the 27 years that I know him. And they're not funny. But it's because he's a dad. He's, those are dad jokes. It's, it's what we do. We don't. And, and so his two favorite jokes that he has told me, if he's told me one time, he has told me 20 times at least through the years. He loved to call me and say, Brother Grant, can't be in church tonight. The tunnel is underwater. And I said, what? He said, the tunnel's underwater. We can't get to church. What? And he says, Brother Grant, the tunnel's been underwater ever since they built it. It's a tunnel. That's not funny. It's funny to <laughs> I thought he meant the walls had fallen in and it flooded. He said, no, it's a tunnel. It's underwater all the time. Okay, okay. He loves this joke right here. He loves to look at you and say, you know how you, you, know how you catch a unique rabbit? Unique up on him. That's not funny. But he will tell it and laugh and laugh. So <laughs> I'm only going to give you two. I know that time is precious. There are people working tonight and after church trying to get ready for the prayer service tomorrow, which is a wonderful thing to do. So I'm only going to give you two dad jokes. And I'm warning you, they're bad. They're awful. They're dad jokes. One is dad telling, telling the story of a man who went to, him and his family went to a national park, I guess like Yellowstone, huge park, where there was a large bear population. 
And the ranger is telling them, okay, I want you to put on these little silver bells. We're going to give you several silver bells. Put them in your hat, put them on your sleeves, your shoes. And those silver bells, there's a lot of bears in this area. There are black bears, there are honey bears, cinnamon bears. And if you wear the bells, it lets the bears know you're coming and they'll leave. But he said, also, there's some grizzly bears. And if you see grizzly bear droppings, you don't know what I'm talking about? Ask somebody at the church or Google it. Bear droppings, grizzly bear droppings, leave the area. <laughs> the guy says, well, how do we know it's grizzly bear droppings? He said, because it's got a lot of silver bells in it. Okay, okay. Not that funny. <laughs> but I thought it was funny because I'm an old dad. It's got silver bells in it. Because the campers he's eating. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. Verse 11. The Apostle Paul says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Did you know that you can keep the Holy Ghost, you can keep your salvation, and disagree with somebody? Yes, you can. We had a disagreement the fishing, on the fishing trip. I don't know if it was Rob, but it was somebody that was right there. Because I asked him, I said, do you know how to tie a fishing knot? And they said, yeah. I said, no, you don't. Just think you do. Well, 10 minutes later, he said, you know what? I don't know anything about tying a tie little a little simple dot. But you can have disagreements. You can have a difference of opinion. You might like you might like red curtains. Another lady in the nursery, she wants blue curtains. It doesn't mean that one of you is the devil. It just means you have a difference of opinion. You know, when we become born again Christians, I, I wish, I wish that it changed. It'll change your nature. Sometimes it doesn't change your personality. Sometimes it does. Thank the Lord. But it doesn't change your, your, your thinking processes. You have to work on that. You have to ask the Lord. You have to educate yourself. I'll give you an example. I have a friend in ministry, and if he were to see two or three people together talking, he instantly would go, oh, no, what are they going to do? They're plotting against me. Oh, it's a conspiracy. Let's call the Congress. Oh! You know what I think when I see two or three of you huddled up? I wonder what they're doing. They're going to sneak around and buy me a present. I know that that's what's going on. And my birthday's coming up, by the way, and I already know what I want. So, <laughs> Sister Grant always says, you have no shame. You're pitiful. I said, yeah, but I get the stuff that I want. So who needs pride? I withstood him to the face. Verse 12, for before that certain came from James, and he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter, before them all, 
If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? I know this is confusing. I'm going to go back over it. It's what dads do. They go over it and they go over it and they waterboard you till you wish they would just fall over. But that's how you learn. And then at the end of it, I like to say, you understand? Yeah, are you sure? Somebody in our family does not like for me to say, or, but are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Why did you think that was Sister Grant? I heard, I heard you thinking that. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. This is what the, this is what the Living Bible says. It's not Acts of the Living Bible, it's, it's the gospel in modern terms. When they saw the grace which was given to me, James and Cephas and John, who had the name of being pillars, gave to me and Barnabas their right hands as friends so we might go to the Gentiles and they go to the, the circumcision. How many of you know what a Gentile is? How many of you do not know what a Gentile is? How many of you don't know the difference in a Gentile and an independent? A Gentile is anybody that's not a Jew. If you're not, you're a Jew, then you're not a Gentile. Everybody else is. It's all of us. Heinz 57, everything. Every, every living one of us. Okay. Verse 10. Only it was their desire that we would give thought to the poor which very thing I had much in mind to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I made a protest against him, Cephas. Jesus called him Cephas, the stone. We're still talking about Simon Peter. The stone, the rock, he's called different names. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I made a protest against him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Can you imagine standing up to the apostle Simon Peter and saying, hey, you're wrong. Because I could have told, of course, Paul had, he had kind of a tough background too. But Simon Peter had been known to pick up a sword and take a, take a whack at you. He cut off the high priest's servant, cut his, cut his ear off. He got a temper. Before he met the Lord, he was a cussing, fighting fisherman. Like some of you were. Stop cussing. Stop fighting. Keep fishing. Bring me some of it. Pay your tithes. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I made a protest against him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. For before certain men came from James, he did take food with the Gentiles. But when they came, he went back and made himself separate, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews went after him so that even Barnabas, everybody say Barnabas. 
he's taking a shot at Barney. And I'll clear it up in just a little bit. Because we are we are riddled with human emotion and with human feelings, even with the presence of God inside, even though we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We walk in these fleshly containers, and we've got the Spirit of the Lord inside of us, but we are eat up with the flesh. When you were getting ready to come to church tonight, some of you that's pretty and some of you that's handsome, last look in the mirror. And you know what you thought? <laughs> You're looking pretty good, Bubba. Hey, <laughs> what you doing? That's what you're thinking. Some of us that are past that, we're just like, oh, oh, And you just leave and come to church anyway because you can't do anything about it. You dress up, you clean up, and that's all that you got. But it, it's, it's this flesh that we all <laughs> we all live in. I've been teaching on family family life before and make the comment and I say, Don't ever do this. Well I'll tell you one thing my kids ain't gonna do. Don't don't say that. It's like a lightning rod. Boom. And they claim to be abducted by aliens and seen Elvis in a spaceship. And Calypso Louis, same time. Louis Farrakhan. Do you know why they call him Calypso Louie? Because he played Calypso music in a band. They didn't just make it up. He was a, he was a musician. Now he's a lunatic. But don't don't ever say, I'll tell you what about, I'll tell you what about, because you might get to find out. I just try to pray, oh, Lord, help them. Help them not to do anything they hadn't done already, and if we've already done it, don't do it again. If you've never lived and if you've never been to the place in your life where you get a phone call that your child has overdosed on drugs and you don't know if they're going to live, then you don't know what I'm talking about. I want, I want the best for our kids, the best for our children. And... <laughs> I've, I've noticed this. You say, Brother Grant, you're everywhere. Yeah, I know, but I'm aware of it at least. I don't have Alzheimer's. I know that I'm everywhere. But I've, I've, gone, through, I've gone through trials and taken tests spiritually. And I've told the Lord, I don't like this, and I'm tired of this. I don't want to do it again, and I know I failed the test. You know what the Lord said? Good, you're having it again Monday. And ain't all having it again after that. It's gonna be a pop test. How many of you like pop tests? I hated pop tests. Okay, get your, put your books away. Having a pop test, my heart would freeze. <laughs> Whatever knowledge I had got scrunched off. I'm trying to remember what my name. Pop test. I want to pop her with a water balloon. But when I saw that they were not living uprightly in agreement with the true words of the good news, I said to Cephas before them all, if you being a Jew are living like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how will you make the Gentiles do the same 
do the same as the Jews. That is from the BBE, which is a modern translation. Well, what, what was it that Simon Peter was doing? And here's what Dr. Matthew Henry says. When he came among the Gentile churches, he complied with them. He ate with them. Now, among the circumcision, he said, who's this circumcision? But those are the Jews. Then Gentiles, not so much. But when he, when he came among the Gentile churches, he ate whatever they ate. So the Jews would not eat anything, anything offered to idols. How many of you know what an idol is? I'm not talking about American idol. I'm talking about one of these stone, like Buddha, big, big Buddha, big belly, all kind of arms, Buddha, Buddha. They bring, they bring offerings to, but you know what? Buddha never eats them. Well, Brother Grant, I read the next morning they go and, and the food's all gone. Yeah, and those little Buddhites are eating them. Buddha ain't eating it. He's made out of metal. Be real careful with that that word right there. The helpers in the in the temple they were, they were eating. But when Paul came among the Gentile churches and they whipped out a big leg of lamb or a big or a big pulled pork sandwich or something they've been eating, you know what? He just went and ate it because he he's the one the writing said I've become all things to all men. Simon Peter was doing the same thing when there weren't any of his Jew buddies around to judge him. But when, but when the people would come around who were of the circumcision and who were Jewish and he wanted them to think well of him, all of a sudden he wouldn't even eat with the Gentiles. And he goes, oh, and he'd act all holy again. Oh, yes, oh, oh, oh hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. If you really pray like that, that's okay. But if you don't, don't pray like that just because everybody's listening. Pray like you really pray. This was Simon Peter's fault. When he was warned by the heavenly vision to call nothing common or unclean, when he went to the house of Cornelius and the Lord said, don't you call anything unclean that I've called clean, but it's a lizard. I, you, if I say it's clean, it's clean. It doesn't matter who comes to this church house and finds the Lord. It, it doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter. But Brother Grant, they just, they really stink. Well, you know what? We're going to love them and help them get a bath. We're going to learn to believe in deodorant and dial soap and brick shampoo. And, then, and we're going to love them, but we're not going to despise them because they're a little bit different from us. Everybody said amen. Some of you real quiet. Some of you looking at me like, that's what you think, big boy. I'm going to hate them if I want to, in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, no, you're not. But he was, he was, Dr. Henry says that he was discouraging some of the Gentile churches because he would withdraw. And when he did, these other, these other Jews, well, they do it too. Even, even Barnabas, he was one of the apostles of the Gentiles who had been instrumental in planting and watering the churches of the Gentiles was carried away with this dissimulation. And, and Paul's taking a little jab at Barney. 
that Barnabas. Yeah, and Barnabas, he did the same thing. The miracles that Paul saw, the miracles that Simon Peter saw, Peter's the one that walked down the sidewalk and his shadow would fall on people and they'd be healed. Oh, what a man of God. Yes, and he is. And oh, what a man. He's still a man. He had a wife. Well, I thought he was the first pope. Well, he, was a, he may have been, but he's a pope and a wife. Because the Bible talks about him being in his wife's house. Brother Treadway, another dad joke for you. Brother Treadway loves to tell this. He tells this everywhere he goes. He said, it is not the will of God for a man to have more than one wife. And he'll grin and he'll say, because the Bible says a man can't serve two masters. She's one master, one wife. And no, it's not funny, but he thinks it's funny. It's one of his dad jokes. And so... <clears throat> The Apostle Paul, who was converted in a different way, walked up to Simon Peter and said, you hypocrite. I don't know if you use that word, but that's what it meant. Oh, you, you don't mind. Because he was going to become the Apostle to the Gentiles, even though Peter opened the door. And Peter and the rest of them, okay, we'll just take care of the little Jews over here because they're more like us. us and you take care of those mean old Gentiles and... But he told him, he said, you're a hypocrite. You're being nice to them when nobody else is around. What well, Sister Grant would, would just be nice to me and sweet to me when nobody else is around? Well, I'm going to tell you something. She has been doing some cooking lately. Well, I was smart to marry her. It's a wonder I'm not big as this pulpit. I'm working on it. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not getting fat on bad food. I am. I, we got a good restaurant at our house. But what if she's sweet and nice to me, but when company comes, you want to be around me. Act like she didn't know me. And, and, that's, and that's what he was doing. But we can still have differences of opinion and still love the Lord and love each other. You say, well, how can we do it? By not acting like wild Indians. That's how. You say, Brother Grant, we have any wild Indians in church? Not to my knowledge. To my knowledge, everybody here, we have no snapping turtles left. We used to have a few when I came here. I didn't know whether to bring my curcone to church to put it on teeth bites or or some kind of salve kind of, or pair of pliers. I used to carry a pair of pliers spiritually. Because I needed to pull pull some teeth around here. None, none of y'all. None of y'all, sweet darling. But I prayed over one woman. You talking about you with a long-term gossip and could bite you like a pit bull. And I prayed one. I said, Lord, shut her mouth. And her mouth swelled up, couldn't put her false teeth in. She could still gum you, but she couldn't bite you. But to my knowledge, everybody in the church now, just sweet, sweet, kind people, but you're still human. 
but it's still human. I had a young man in his church a few, few years ago, and he was wanting to do and it was a good thing, working for Jesus, doing a good thing. And I told him, I won't do it like that. And he had every, and you know what? He was right. But you know how we did it? We did it my way. Why? Because I'm the boss. And that's what I told him. I said, you're right, but I don't care. I'm the boss. And if you don't do the way I want to, I'm going to out <laughs> and, and have a headache and be in a bad mood. You say, Brother Grant, that doesn't sound very spiritual. I, I know. I know sometimes I'm the biggest spiritual baby you have ever seen. But all of you are so mature, it works out. Second Peter chapter three and verse fourteen. Now this is the apostle Peter writing. Second Peter three and fourteen. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved bro brother Paul. I don't even call him brother brother. He was he was ugly, you know. That was just that was just a business meeting. Our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him. He has wisdom. As also in all of his, in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which some things hard to be understood. Ooh. He's getting a little shot back at Paul there. They're hard to be understood. which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Yet therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be both glory, to be glory both now and forever. Amen. From the BBE. And be certain that the long waiting of the Lord is for salvation, even as our brother Paul has said in his letters to you, from the wisdom which was given to him. And as he said in all of his letters, which had to do with these things and which are some hard sayings, so that, like the rest of the holy writings, they are twisted by those who are uncertain and without knowledge to the destruction of their souls. Dr. Matthew Henry Again, he talks about <clears throat> the apostle Simon Peter bragging on Paul. Number one, he calls him a brother, whereby he means not only that he's a fellow Christian, but he's a fellow apostle, one who had the same extraordinary commission immediately from Christ himself to preach the gospel in every place. Let me stop right there. You know what one of the requirements to be an apostle is? I don't believe in I don't believe in modern day apostles. <gasps> you don't believe Benny Hens an apostle? <gasps> no. I think he has a comb over. 
He has a false accent, and he has halitosis because people fall over when he blows on them. He's not an apostle. One of the requirements to be an apostle, you have to have seen Jesus Christ in your flesh. Nobody today has seen Jesus Christ. He says, well, I, did. I saw him last week. I need to talk to you after church. I want to know what medications you're on. Now, I'm not talking about a dream. I'm not talking about a vision. I'm not talking about the voice of God speaking to you in your heart. I'm not talking about that. But you weren't at Walmart and saw Jesus. You have to physically seen him. And the Lord himself appeared to the apostle Paul on the road to Gmaeus. Now, that's one, that's one of the requirements. But he calls him, Simon Peter calls him beloved, united in the same service to the same Lord. He mentions Paul as one who had an uncommon measure of wisdom. Now, so what is the point to all this? The point to all of this, we can disagree about a lot of stuff, but we still serve the same Lord. And if you and if you come up with a better way to do things, even if I disagree, I'm going to admire you for trying to work for Jesus. We've had some kind of funny things happen in our district conference. Because <laughs> if you've got 150 preachers, you may have 150 different opinions. And some similar to others. Doesn't mean anybody's wrong. It just means that sooner, sooner or later we've got to take a vote, and that's, that's the way that we're going to go. But Acts chapter 15 and verse 36. After, and some days after Paul said to Barnabas, everybody say Barnabas. You remember him? as one Paul took a shot at a while ago. He said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. Well, he called him John Mark. John Mark's mother was one of the one of the wonderful women in the gospel. She's mentioned in the gospel, and he grew up around the apostles. He knew them. And Barnabas determined to take John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. What's that mean? Here's what it means. John Mark won't be a missionary. He won't be like, be like the apostle Paul. He won't be like, I want to go. The Lord called me. I'm ready. Well, come on, Bubba. We're going. And they loaded up and they got everything in the trunk of the car, camel, whatever. And they took off. Get on, and you know what happened? When it got dark, John Mark got homesick. No, the Bible doesn't say that. But it don't say some people are titty babies either. But they are. It got dark. He didn't miss his mama. He said, I didn't mean him. He went home. Boom. He went home. And so some time has passed. He's matured a little bit. Thank God the Lord lets us mature. Thank God he lets us grow up. Thank God he gives us another chance and another, another, another. Because if he didn't, I'd be out in the cold. He 
was determined to take John, who certainly, but Paul thought not good to take him with him who departed from the Pamphylia and went not with him to the work and the contention. I mean, look, here we are. Well, hey, oh, by the way, oh, by, by the way, honey, uh, our, I forgot to tell you, uh, uh, my brother-in-law's moving in for two or three weeks. Won't be long. Hey, you, he won't even notice it. What? And you did? And he said, oh, by the way, I'm taking John Mark. And the apostle Paul, who has written a huge part of the New Testament, says, oh, yet mama boy ain't going, no. You say, did he act like that? Well, I don't know. Verse 39 says the contention was so sharp between them that they both parted asunder one from the other. And Barnabas took Mark, sailed into Cyprus. Come on, boy, you're going with me. You Barnabas. And Barnabas, he's one of them eating, wouldn't eat with uh, uncircumcised. Brother Grant, you're kind of hard on Apostle Paul. Well, he used to kill people for a living before he found Jesus. He deserves whatever I want to throw at him. You say, does it make him a bad guy? No, just makes him a frail human being. Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed. They literally split up an evangelistic team over an understanding over a crybaby boy. You say, well, how could that happen? Oh, I've seen some stuff like that. How am I doing? I got a little time, a little bit. How loud am I talking? Is it okay? I'm talking loud. See, I forgot to mention because of my ears, I can't really tell how loud I'm talking. And so I thought I would get some monitoring from, she's just been sitting there smiling. Try not to, how about this? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I'm getting the eye roll. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this up here. <laughs> Barnabas took Mark, boom. Paul took Silas, boom. And they didn't speak to each other for six months. They didn't text in. There wasn't no texting. There wasn't no calling. There wasn't no emails. Because they didn't have emails or texts or phones. And no, they weren't mad. And yes, they were both saved. But they realized, you know, we've got a situation here that we're not going to be able to overcome. We're not going to be able to overcome. Sometimes you reach an impasse like that in your life. Speaking of fathers, my father reached one of those. My father... <clears throat> When he was 20 years old, had his own cotton crop, his own tractor in rural Louisiana, but he loved to drink. And the only thing he liked better than drinking was fighting when he'd had a few drinks. He loved to drink and loved to fight. It kept my grandmother so upset that he came home drunk early one morning, and my grandfather said, Son, you're going to have to either quit this fighting and drinking, or you're going to have to move out. Because I got to live with her, but I don't have to live with you. You either quit drinking or move out. 
And so my dad said, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And he joined the Navy. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. So he joined the Navy where they tell you what to do every minute of your life. So, so what's the outcome of this? The outcome is this are human people have spats, have misunderstandings. But you know what? They still love Jesus. Years later, the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy 4 and 11, Paul has just written the famous words where he said, I, I am ready now to be offered. He only had a little while to live. He had several admonitions. Come before winter, bring my coat. and don't bring my coat. And then he says, chapter 4 and verse 11, take Mark, bring him with thee. What Mark is that? Well, it's John Mark, mama's boy. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. You actually know a lot about John Mark. You might not think that you do, but you do. For it was he that wrote the gospel of the book of Mark in the New Testament. And he turned out just fine. And he grew up. <laughs> and he wasn't a mama's boy anymore. And all were these, all of these were amazing pioneers and Christians for the gospel. Because in Sunday school class, and somebody gets your lesson for that week, and you didn't know it, and there you are. You showed up, they done taught you, you look like chickens got you bred, and you about nearly have a hair pulling. That does not mean that you're backslid and the devil has possessed your body. It just means that you're human and things happen. Nothing that can't be worked out. And everybody said amen. Um, I guess I do have part-timers. Did I mention that Brother Ronnie Gidrose is going to be with us Sunday? Did I mention that? I didn't? Okay. Thank goodness I still have some faculties. Brother Gidrose called me today, and, and he didn't ask to come. I asked him to come. He was scheduled to have surgery. He is facing a terrible surgery. They have found a tumor in his bladder. Um it is cancerous, but it's so large they can't just simply remove it. They're, they're, he's facing a really, really huge obstacle, and he was scheduled for surgery, I think, this week, but they had some heart issues, so now they've addressed that, so now he's having surgery. And um, I just asked him, I said, why don't you come preach for us? He said, well, Will it be okay if if Jerry teaches Sunday school? That's his wife, Jerry. So Sister Gidrow is going to be teaching Sunday school. Brother Gidrow is going to be preaching a worship service. And you won't want to miss it for a lot of reasons. His father founded this church over 40 years ago, Brother V.A. Gidrow. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. He founded this church 
over 40 something years ago. You say, well, how did this church come to be? There was a pastor in town whose name was Ford. Wonderful man. His wife, Sister Ford, attended our church in the last years of her life. But Brother Ford, <laughs> Brother Ford and Brother Gidros couldn't get along. And one or both said, you take this half of Baytown and I'll take the other half, which at that time it was Goose Creek and, and something else, Pelly, three communities. So they split the area up. I don't know if they had Barnabas or Silas with them, but they went separate directions. And you know what? They both built great churches, and they both loved God. They both did the work of God. They just couldn't work together. So this is this is Ronnie's. That's his father, brother V. A. Gidrose. Great man. Great man. And I'm sensing I'm sensing that point. And every preacher he has to recognize is I need to stop because I my mind is whirling. I'm wanting to go here, Thon. I'm wanting to go with Apostle Paul, and I'm wanting to go to Barnabas, and I'm but I'm not going to. Because we've got a lot going on tomorrow night. We've got things. We've got stuff going on after church. Thank you for being so attentive. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this gospel. Thank you for your blood that washes away our sins. Thank you for this salvation. Thank you for this wonderful gospel that we can come from so many different backgrounds with so many different opinions, but we can still have the opinion that we're all in love with you and we're willing to do whatever we need to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Shake hands and be friendly.